Welcome back to the School of Brujas, a podcast for learning, self-development, self-care, spirituality, and wellness. I am your host, Maria. And I'm Danny. And today we're talking about our ancestors and all of the healing that sometimes comes about by either breaking some patterns that have been passed down to us through the generations that we either learned about on our own journey or somehow it just came across into our lives. I don't know if I explained that that well, but uh, I feel like you know a little bit more about this, Maria, even though I have my own experiences with it. So let's get started. Yes. I mean, we all have our own experiences with it because, you know, there is the one time that you start freaking out and all of a sudden you cut yourself acting like your mom and it's Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, no, I can't believe I've done that. I'm becoming my mother and you go crazy, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, we're going to start today our ancestral healing exploration just by sharing what we know and experiences that we we did have as we uncover and learn about it. I was always curious to like find out more about my ancestors because, uh, you know, I'm far away from home. I'm really, really far away from home. So it's a way for me to like ground and connect. And since pretty much all of my grandparents passed away, I like Mm -hmm. to keep their memories alive. So when I go and visit my dad, I'll ask stories about his father and I'll ask his stories about his mom and I'll ask them how did they met and how, you know, how was their wedding and all that. And they will tell me. And when I was little, I will ask grandma those questions. I grew up with both of my grandparents, both sides, mom and dad. And I was very close. I was really, really lucky to have them around uh, for a long time. I lived. Um, OK, let's start at the beginning. When I was born, my parents weren't still together. So my mom lived with my maternal grandparents at her house until they finally, you know, decided to move in together. And then it was mom, dad, and me and my brothers, right? Mm -hmm. In the meantime, I was really, really spoiled because I had, I was the oldest granddaughter. My brother was the the oldest grand and grandson. So we were the oldest one in the family. No other kids were around. And she comes from a family of 10. At that point, we had um, seven uncles, two passed away, uh, which is going to play into the trauma of the uh, family lineage as well. I had an uncle and an aunt that passed away, different ages. So I grew up with a lot of the presence of uncles, aunts, and uh, everybody around, passing us around from one arm to the other. So we had a lot of love by uncles and also my grandparents. They were like really raising us as we were their kids until we got to the point, I believe when I was like three-ish, we moved, my father and my mom decided to like get their own place and they were living there. So... That is on my grandma's side, my mother's side, my father's side. Um, You know, we had a very challenging relationship with my father's side of the family because um, for the longest time, they weren't accepting me and my brother as part of their family. Like we weren't good enough or, you know, we weren't actually the grandchildren until my grandmother met me when I was a baby. She actually saw my face and guess what? She saw herself because I have a mole in my forehead that is really, really big. Mm-hmm. And 
it's in the same exact place where she has hers. If people look at pictures of me and my grandmother, they can tell us apart. We look so much alike. You know, I like to braid my hair. I have long braided hair. And that's how grandma used to carry her hair. So from the point that my grandma actually saw me and saw my, my brother, you know, because for a, long, for a long time they didn't want anything to do with my mom and her family because we have this mixture of my father having a lot of money versus my mother's side of the family that they didn't have and they shared a lot and they have, you know, a lot of limitation and restrictions. So they didn't want anything to do with my mom's side of the family. But when they did, they were like really um, all about the grandchildren. And we were very, 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 you know, lucky to have all that love from my grandparents too, because I grew up very close with my father's mom. We were very close. We will go to all the funerals together because that was her social thing to do, go to funerals. <laughs> and uh, I will be her, uh, you know, her companion. So I was very lucky to like go all places. I let I learned a lot about that from grandmother and oh being into cemeteries and you know all the craziness. But I did have my grandmother and my grandfather was very close to my brother. You know, they're very influential and very strong. So I just wanted to share my family tree first. I am the daughter of Kramer Verde y Estrada. And I'm going to say it in Spanish because that is really how the name sounds and that's how it resonates for me. I'm going to say it all in Spanish, as pretty as they sound. Mm -hmm. uh, my father's name is Kramer Verde y Estrada. My mother's name is Maria Luisa Chocosarrieta. My father's family, he is the son of Victor Verde Carvajal y Domitila Estrada Sanchez. My grandfather's family, he's the son of Abdon Verde Guaman y de Pepa Carvajal. My grandmother on my father's side is the daughter of Alejandro Estrada Castillo y Feliciana Valverde Sanchez. My mom now, on my mom's side, she is the daughter of Juan Moises Chocoslazo y Fortunata Arrieta Villanueva. My grandfather is the son of Juan Chocos Ortiz y Paula Lazo Lozano. My grandmother is the daughter of Germán Arrieta Munguía Y Maria Villanueva Pando. And that's as far as it goes. Um, we don't have the blessing of having like Ancestry.com and trace everything back to a beautiful computerized DNA uh, research um, mm -hmm. database. We really don't. I have to ask my mom for the names of her parents because I didn't know their full names until mm -hmm. when they passed away and the same thing I ask around my uncles and all of them to like tell me the full name of my great-grandparents and nobody knows anything beyond that point so this is as far as my lineage goes in terms of like what we know and you know my mom actually had a hard time to get her um, birth certificate you know from time to time every time it's her birthday we ask how old is she and every year she keeps getting younger. She never ages <laughs> because since they didn't keep records, accurate records, then I think they register like a year later. So every yeah. time we ask mom, what year were you were born? She says something different. So we really don't know for sure what year she was born. Although we can pinpoint by the age of my older uncles and younger siblings that she has 
So that is, uh, you know, why we have such a difficult time with our family tree. And, you know, just to bring that awareness that if you're able to get that ancestry in, online in your ancestry.com or whatever database you use, you are blessed. You're blessed that somebody took the time to like have those records in order. So definitely, definitely appreciate what you have because a lot of people, especially in South America and places like didn't have the record keeping, we don't have that blessing. So definitely bring in all those blessings of having actual lineages that go back sometimes for hundreds of years for some of the people that I know of that took the time to look up their uh, DNA and get the uh, ancestry.com or whatnot available to them. But I want Daniela to um, read out loud her family tree. Okay. Well, this is kind of funny because I, I know some of their names and then I had to ask my parents for their grandparents' names and my dad doesn't even remember. <laughs> so I was just like, oh my God, are you serious? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my dad, uh, his name is Dario Turcios, and that's that's not a very common name, although I think there's another person named Dario Turcios in the Honduran soccer team at one point in, in our lives. And his dad was named Francisco Canales, and his mom was Elena Turcios. So my dad took on his mom's last name, which makes sense because my dad's uh, history with his father was pretty terrible, and he was oh. an alcoholic. And my the only reason I even know any of this is because my mom tells me stories, and I have actually never heard him talk about his father ever once. So I guess he went by the name Bancho, which is what you call, uh, which is what's short for Francisco. Francisco. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he died when my dad was 15 years old. And then my grandma on his side, his, her name was Elena Turcios and she died when I was six months old. And I actually never really bonded with her because I was only a six month year old baby, but Mm -hmm. I have, I have so many memories of her, which are just completely my own imagination, I guess, because I always got passed down stories of how much she loved me when I was born. And she gave me this little blanket that I used to just like carry around forever. I had this little blanket that she gave me before she died. So those are my, that's my only memory really of my grandma on my dad's side is that blanket. Mm -hmm. And just knowing that I loved her really so much just because of the way my mom would talk about her. I, 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 I loved her even though I never really knew her. And yeah, that was on my dad's side. Didn't really know my grandparents there. And then on my mom's side, oh, well, let me just say, I don't really have any other names for them other than my grandma. Her her mother was Vincenta Turcios. And that's about it. My dad doesn't know anything else. Then on my mom's side, my mom's name is Carmen Turcios. And something interesting about her name was that that was almost my name when I was born. I was going to be named Carmen. Luckily, (laughs) she didn't name me that. I don't really don't hate the name, but I don't really feel like I'm a Carmen. So no, no, not really. (laughs) Anyway, let's see. For her, her mother was named Laura Matute. And her father was named Manuel Rivera. 
And my mom's dad, Manuel, died when she was seven years old, so I never met him. And my grandmother, her name, Laura Matuta, she actually just died last year. And the really crazy synchronicity about the whole thing was that she was dying in Honduras and on the same weekend that Ryan came to visit me in North Carolina when we first started dating. Mm-hmm. And when when my mom got the call that she was like basically going to die soon, Ryan like immediately bought her a plane ticket to go to Honduras. And so she was able to go see her mother before she passed away because Ryan yeah, happened to be it. there. Yeah. And the crazier part is that Ryan and my grandma, who just died, my mom's mother, they were mm-hmm. they both have the exact same birthday, May 21. So that's coming up in a few weeks. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm on PRI because, you know, grandma passed away last year. Oh, I know. You know, uh, it's just that you really don't know how important and how uh, yeah. meaningful it was for your mom to be there and just say, you know. Mm-hmm. Her final goodbyes to her mom. I wasn't there for grandma when I, um, yeah. When I found out that she was ill, I, you know, bought the ticket. You know, you don't know that somebody's gonna die, and she passed away before that date. And I got to be there for the mass. And the one thing my mom kept saying is like, "Look, she didn't want you to remember her like that. She just didn't want that to be part of, you know, the last memory of her." And we just have to accept it, you know, because mm-hmm. I was really, really like upset that I didn't get to say goodbyes to her. And But I do remember her voice the last time we spoke, we spoke on the phone because mm-hmm. she was she was really known for how affectionate uh, she was. Very, very affectionate, very loving. It's like you almost felt Pachamama hugging you when she gave you a hug because she was the embodiment of the earth. She spent a lot of the time in her farm and, you know, raising animals and growing Mm. everything that she could grow. And uh, she was a very giving soul. And the last time we spoke, really, really, those words are still in my consciousness. I think I I didn't record it, but in Mm. my mind, it's just embedded, like forever. She used the words, mamita linda, mamita linda, it's just like so close to the spanish from like our ancestors we um we use a lot of itas itos know that you are little but it's an affectionate it's a word of yeah. endearment like and cutie. grandma just like yeah so mamita linda is like yes it's kind of like saying cutie but it's just so much more it's to me it's so much sweeter because it's just like it's your grandma and she picked up the phone and I remember, I think it was my mom or my aunt, one of them who put the phone to her and had the um, FaceTime on. She started kissing the phone and I was like, oh my God, I'm melting. That was my last memory of her when she was still able to like talk and, you know, have interactions with people. So when you're talking about, you know, your mom getting that gift, it was just probably the most meaningful one that she could get at the time. Just be with her mom. Mm-hmm. It's just it's such, oh, yeah, yeah. She just gave him the blessing and be like, yeah, marry her, do whatever. <laughs> oh, <pretty laughs> do whatever with my daughter. I'm good. You got my blessing. Good. Oh, oh my God. God. 
(laughs) that did really happen because my mom did not want me to, you know, eventually I ended up moving to California and she did not want that to happen. But after that whole, um, interaction she had with Ryan and just meeting him like the first time. And that's actually what happened. It was just Mm -hmm. too crazy. It was just so completely unexpected. And I feel like that gave her a lot of comfort knowing that I wasn't just going off to California to be with some random guy I met on social media. It was like way more of a deeper connection that I happened to, that came into my life at such an unexpected moment. But it was, it was um, such a crazy synchronicity for sure. And the fact that they both have share the same birthday to me, it just, I, that just is so weird. I I know it's probably, I'm sure it could happen at, you know, for anybody, but I just thought it was a really cool synchronicity. And I only met that grandmother maybe twice. I, I spent a little bit of time with her when I went to Honduras as a teenager and I, I believe I went also when I was a little bit younger than that, like around eight or nine years old. But I didn't, I don't remember really having conversation with her. I don't, I just remember what she looks like. But I, so I basically I had, you know, four grandparents like everybody else, but I, I really interacted with them like 0% um, throughout my life because most of them had already died. And my one grandma who was alive, lived in Honduras, so... I wasn't going to Honduras very often as uh, like as a kid. I think I only went twice. So I didn't really have the same connection to my family like you did being from Peru where you were, you know, kind of immersed in, in the family life. I, my parents, kind of, you know, they left Honduras and came over here and then they had some of their brothers and sisters here. Because my parents come from huge families. My mom is like one of, I think, 10. And my dad is also one of 10. So Mm -hmm. most of my dad's family is in New York. And so I had, you know, all of my cousins and my aunts and uncles always around as growing up. But for my mom's side, most of her family is still in Honduras. So I didn't get that like maternal connection with all all of the people on my mom's side. And you can, I I can feel it. And it's, it's kind of a bummer because I don't get to hear all the stories growing up about my grandparents or anything like that from them or of their parents. And um, the only thing I do know about my mom's father who died when she was seven was that he was a farmer and he taught her how to swim in rivers and my mom was like a champion olympic swimmer apparently <laughs> when she tells me this she was like a oh. huge swimmer by the time she was seven she was already swimming in rivers all over the place so that's something her dad taught her to do at a really young age he just apparently threw her into a river and she started to swim so he oh, wow. yeah that's one story i have of him and then the other story is that he would basically grow so many different types of foods that he would end up feeding everybody in the neighborhood and anybody who needed food he was like the provider of the people in the area and the town they lived in Honduras so he would just like provide for so many different families because he knew how to grow grow food and he like I guess had so many different methods I don't know my mom just tells me that my that her 
her father was just the biggest hero she had in her life that he, even though she was seven years old, that when she died, that she remembers him like he was the greatest person on earth. So that's, that's really all I know about my grandparents. No, that's, that's just enough. You know, there Mm -hmm. is a lot where you can like draw in, in terms of like the knowledge that he had and the person who he was so connected with the earth. So it's no surprise to know that your mom loves her plants the way she does and Mm -hmm. that you're into gardening and connecting with the earth and just being outdoors. And, you know, you're like number one person to like walk barefoot on, you know, the grass and that kind of stuff. So that is really, it's really wonderful. You know, it's, it's confirmation that it's like in your DNA. That's so cool. So, so cool. And I wanted now to bring attention to a couple of things. I want to bring attention to the meaning of the names, the meaning of the names in your family line. And the one that really um, I just found out about, it's on my father's side. And, you know, this is my great grandmother. Mm -hmm. My great grandmother's name is Feliciana. And Feliciana comes from the root Feliz, that means happy. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, my God, Feliciana, like Jose Feliciano. Yeah, well, this is the female version. <laughs> so this is Feliciana. I said, like, oh, well, I don't I haven't met her. But it's Feliciana. I said, like, that is such a pretty, pretty name. And it just brings a lot of happiness there. And on my mother's side, my grandmother passed away. Her name was Fortunata. And Fortunata mm. comes from the word fortune. So she... Um, so we have like happiness and fortune the meaning i was like oh my god that is like really really um strong to have especially my grandma's side because she was such a very strong person and being able to provide for herself up to like the age of 88 she was 88 years old when she passed away and she (laughs) had a farm she had animals and she grew everything and she was able to really carry her own weight up to that point she had a pension when my grandfather passed away, but she will always have money to even uh, share with her kids if they needed to. And the one thing that she told my mom before she passed away, she gave her the information to uh, her bank account and said, like, look, I have saved enough money for my own funeral. I don't want any of my sons or anybody spending anything. I have my own money. Everything is good. Everything is taken care and I'm saying, like, whoa, Grandma. Grandma definitely had, you know, all of that, like, really planned in a way that she was thinking, like, I'm getting older, so let me have that in there. But it's also her ability to provide for herself and her independence, what really drew me the most. And and I was thinking, for the, all of the years when I was little and I would visit my grandparents with my mom, Grandma sometimes wasn't there. And she wasn't there because she was at her farm that happened to be, I think it was like a day of, or like half a day in a car. And then you have to walk or ride a horse for about another day and a half just to get to her farm. So I said, you know, anybody who's willing to do all of that has got to be crazy, right? Why would anybody do that? And I never understood until I actually moved to Mount Pocono and I'm like so isolated and it's so quiet. And I lived in Lima for a long time when I was in college. And when I got to the U.S., I love going to New York because I love the noise. 
like all the people and everything around. So getting here to a place of like complete silence and just like, you know, you can hear the birds, you can hear all of that. It took some time for my body to reconnect with the earth. But when I did, I said, I'm not going back. <laughs> this is good. It's good for me. It's good for my soul. It's good for my body. And then in my 30s, we're talking in my 30s, I was able to understand what was grandma doing all those years when she went to her farm, took care of her animals. You know, she was the kind of person that will kill any animal in the planet. She would kill cows. She would kill goats, sheep. She had them all. She had chickens. I remember mm -hmm. her cooking for family parties and family parties meant that, you know, the day before you're gathering together to kill the animals and people, the women will get together and peel the potatoes and cook whatever it is. And I remember her putting the grandchildren to work, right? She will give us potatoes and tell us to like peel the potatoes. And every time I peel the potato, the potato will be reduced in half because half of the potato will come out with a peel, right? Mm -hmm. But when grandma peeled the potatoes, it was like perfect. She was like being able to like remove all the skin without like lessening the potato. It was like magic to me. I said like this woman, I can't believe. And she would like do it so fast too. And I was struggling, right? I never did anything in my house ever. I learned how to cook and how to take care of myself when I got into the US. Before that, we had maids taking care of us. We had like people cleaning the house, cooking for us, picking us from school, all of that. We didn't have anything to do in the kitchen. So we, I was very clumsy, very, very, very clumsy in the kitchen. But I have that image of my grandmother being able to like do all of those things. And, you know, she would like kill a chicken like it was nothing. Just like twist the head and just like put it in the hot water and she's peeling it. And all this happening so quickly. I'm like, oh, my God. Like she just killed a chicken. Like, whoa, what happened? And she was just the person who she was. She was very strong, very independent. And a lot of the knowledge that I got in terms of like herbs mm -hmm. and all of the crazy things that my mom did in my body come from grandma, come from mm -hmm. her mother, that I find out her name was Maria. And I said, oh, shit, that's my name. Like, oh, wow. And it's my mother's name, too. And there is a lot of that um, almost repetition that comes with names and personality traits that are very strong within your line between your uh, family tree that is very worth mentioning because you don't know until maybe your mom noticed that oh my grandfather or your father my father used to do this my mother used to do that and you learn to discover those gifts sometimes within yourself you may not know that you have the connection to the earth until later on I never knew that I like the isolation and the connection with the earth the way grandma did until I got here too, because everything was so quiet. And my brother, you know, when we talked, when I told him, you know, where we're going to go, uh, what's going to be our, our place to hide whenever the Armageddon happens, we're, we talk about my, grandma's farm. I always talk about the place because it's just like I have never been there because there is no roads to get there. They're in the process of building a road that in Peru, that may take another 10 years. You know, things mm -hmm. move so slowly, kind of like Pennsylvania. <laughs> but uh, definitely, I learned a lot just like knowing stories of my grandparents too. But I wanted you to like look within your line 
and tell me if there is any names that have some meaning, any names that really stood out, if you know the meaning of their names. Because, you know, I'm still trying to find out why my father was called Kramer to begin with. You know, John always says that he's German. I'm like, there is no German in my bloodline. Like, <laughs> but, but the name itself, it's not very common. Like Kramer, like, you know, and a part in Peru, like what? But that's another, it's going to take me time to figure that one out. Traveler, <laughs> I don't know. He's gotta be. He's definitely out of his time. But yeah, that is so interesting. Mm-hmm. The only thing interesting, I I think, is the fact that my grandma on my dad's side is. I mean, I'm sure there's other interesting things, but my grandma on my dad's side has her maiden name. Her maiden name was Turcios, and that's my dad's last name. So she didn't take on his dad's last name and so that's my last name from my grandmother so the maternal name is my last name which I find very empowering um but I I don't know what her name means Elena E-L-E-N-A like Helen of Helen of Troy Helena yeah it is pretty similar Helena it makes me think of somebody who's strong I don't know what her name is but she died at a very very old age she was she was super old. I would have to check with my dad to see how old she was. Because my dad is now, he's almost 70 years old. He's going to be 70 this year. And um, she died about 30 years ago. But I think she was a like a chain smoker. And um, I'm not sure what she died of. I, I have so many questions that I should probably ask my parents. I actually just yeah it's it's something that we definitely have to like do some research but yes I wanted to share about what I found this is being shared by the google gods Helena Helena is the latin version of Helen it's a name fit for a goddess in greek mythology Helen was the daughter of Zeus by Leda and the most beautiful woman in the world by abducting the face the launch a thousand ships, Paris began the Trojan War. The mm. name was also a favorite of the William Shakespeare, who used it two of its most well-known works, A Midsummer's Night, Dream, and All's Well, The Ends Well. If you mm. find the classic Helen a bit blah, then the more delicate and feminine Elena may, call, may be the way to go. So that's pretty cool. I think yeah. you definitely have all the beauty there in your, this is your maternal line, right? Yeah. No, my paternal, paternal, my dad's. Paternal. Yeah. So here you go. Yeah. You have some of that. It's a most beautiful woman. Hell no, Troy, <laughs> of course. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I wish I would have gotten to know my grandparents. I didn't, I didn't get to know any of them. And it, I can feel that having grandparents in your life is so important just because I see the interactions Dylan has with both sets of his grandparents and how he's been raised so closely with uh, my parents and his dad's parents. He's been just kind of, you know, he's like a, another son to them, to each one of them too. They both love him so much and he gets to get all that extra love from all different corners. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, so important. And it, I'm really lucky that I get to be here right now 
while Dylan is still really young and he's spending extra time with them because they're getting older and he's going to have memories of, you know, (laughs) in the future, it's going to be kind of weird, but looking back to the quarantine and all the time he got to spend with his family, I think he's Mm going to realize how, how, uh, how blessed he is in his life when he's an adult to have been fortunate enough to have all this time spent with them. Even just like doing like, you know, normal routine things that everybody takes for granted. At some point, I think we look back and can appreciate all those like normal moments because they, at least for me, I remember when I was younger and Saturday nights were like a big thing because we'd watch Sabado Gigante on TV and (laughs) (laughs) we'd all be on the couch and I would play with my dad there. And those were like the memories that I remember the most, just like doing the normal stuff, like just hanging out. That is so cool. I wanted to ask you something. You said that your grandmother took the name Tursios, right? So you're like kind of like Tursios, Tursios. Do you guys use both last names in Honduras or you get to pick kind of like in the U.S. which one? Um, well, her husband was Canales, um, my dad's father. And for mm-hmm. some reason, she kept her maiden name. I don't know why, but that would that's uncommon because usually you take your husband's name. I'm not sure. Maybe they were never officially married and maybe that's why. But yeah, but what I'm what I'm asking is that your mom should have two last names. At least in Peru, you have a, a your father last name and then your mom's last name. Is that the same there or no? Just one last name per person. I'm talking birth certificate kind of thing. I actually don't know the answer to that. Oh, okay. Because you know, know, when I read mine, I was just giving you two last name per person because that's how they do it in Peru. And that also brings me into the identity kind of thing that I went through here. Because when you marry, right? When you marry, you get to like change your name. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I have such a hard time because number one, that means I have to drop my, my mom's last name disappeared when I got to the U.S. because you don't use it. So that one went out of the door, like gone. And then when I got married, I said like, okay, well, this guy has an Indian name that I don't resonate with. So I decided to do my last name hyphen his last name. And that was like a drag because it was so long and I had to spell it. And every person on the planet had to like, you know, ask me what. And I had to repeat it, spell it out. And it would be like 10 minutes before I could get to my account information every time I will contact any company for, you know, customer service. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's important. To, so for people to know that, you know, different countries carry different traditions. So in Peru, we carry two last names. When you're married, it's funny because you are called, you're added, you add your name. For my mom, for example, my mom is Maria Luisa Chocos Arrieta. When she married my father, he's a verde, she became Maria Luisa Chocos de verde, de verde, meaning like almost like she belongs to him. And mm. that I, when I was growing up, I just like felt like, oh my God, I don't belong to anybody. I just don't want that. That's so weird. So I have such a resistance with that because she will have to drop 
her oh. maternal last name, same thing as here, and she will be de verde, like she belongs to him. And I said, like, oh my God, talk about when I was a little girl, I had such a resistance with it. I said, like, I will never do that. And I never did. And, you know, that is just, it's, it's better for us in this millennia to like have the option to choose whatever names. I never knew why anybody would want to um, change their last names when they marry for women. But the one time I actually heard somebody say like, you know, I want to have the same last name as my children. And I said, well, your children can have your name. Why do they have to have the father's name? Like, yeah. like really, who made up that rule? <laughs> but I think it's the whole idea of having a family and having a belonging. But I just want to like bring into the attention of people that there is just two sides of that family, you know, and maybe just like integrating the last names could be a, a good idea for some people and considering maybe flip a coin if you're having a baby if you want to keep your name versus you want your, the baby to have your husband's name and just flip the coin like why does it have to be just the man right i was yeah. just thinking about that i don't have children so i don't have to go through all the debate but i already told <laughs> yeah. i already told john look if we married i'm keeping my name because number one i am verde like this is who i am I I'm, I don't sound anything like your name either. So let me just be who I am. I can be married to you, dude, no problem. But I'm not changing my name because I had to go through so many years of this divorce process to like finally finalize it and get my last name back. Like, God bless that it happened. You don't understand. So for people, it's it's important to really think about, you know, what last name and why why do you really want to give up your last name and take somebody else's? Do you feel belonging? And you really have to feel that connection to that community as something. I I don't get it. Believe me, I have a hard time with it. So if you do have no problem with it, I'll just invite you to think about that because it's I am very proud of my family. I'm very proud of my name. Not because of, you know, the money or anything, but it's just because I, it, it's part of me. Mm -hmm. It's part of who I become. I, I just, I, I think it connects me to my ancestors that way too. There is something, there are some traits. It's a good reminder for me that I'm outside of the country. It keeps me grounded. It keeps yeah. me grounded thinking of my, my identity. You know, it's like, this is like, I'm Verde. This, it sounds the way it sounds. It's not Verde. It's Verde. Verde. And uh, I like it like that. I just, it reminds me of home. So it's maybe why I have a hard time letting go of that name or switching to any other names because it grounds me. And that's important to me. And it may not be the same for other people. So just my invitation will be to like, think a little bit more along those lines about maybe even dropping some last names too because you don't resonate so there is like too much trauma in some family lineages that you may decide to say like you know what i'm done with this side of the family i'm just blank today or from now on right yeah i agree and it's it's a cool way to connect to um i'm not sure what but it makes, it's like a source of strength to know that I want to keep my last name, for example, because it's just such a unique last name that isn't very common. 
And Dulcios is just like not something that anybody ever even knows how to pronounce. It's usually when I get phone calls and they're trying to say my last name, it's just like the most painful, <laughs> so painful because like they say Tur- Tur- turquoise, turkey. I mean, I've been called everything that you can think of. Turquoise, I don't even know how do you get that from, from <laughs> but from Dulcios, yeah. yeah. Um, but my sister looked up where our last name comes from, and apparently it comes from the Mediterranean area of the world. And she said, "I forgot." Like Turco, yeah. Like Turkey, Turco, like Turkey, yeah, yeah. Like the country. And um, she said it comes from that part of the world, and so it's possible. My parent, my dad, because that's his uh, mother's last name. They are. They have really dark features, and they look. Like they could be Middle Eastern. My dad, after 9-11, got pulled over by cops like so many times. You have no idea. You could ask really? him about it. Yeah. Because everybody was like, suspe- who was suspicious looking was getting pulled over at the time. And my dad yeah. looks very, uh, he looks, he's a very, he's, I mean, how do you explain it? But he looks Middle Eastern a little bit. And I get confused. And he's when, from Honduras. <laughs> yeah. And when I went traveling, when I was yeah. traveling, um, I would get a, so many different people telling me that I looked Moroccan, that I looked Egyptian. And I'd be like, what the hell? I worked you with a, I worked with an Egyptian lady. And she said I could be one of her daughters, that I looked just, just like one of her daughters. And I'd be like, really? That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe my... Um, I guess my ancestors possibly came from that part of the world, according to my last name. But uh, yeah, you'll be like perfect to like teach a belly dancing class or something. <laughs> like fits you. It's perfect. It's perfect. I mean, you have these beautiful features. It's just like, and the color of your skin is so beautiful too. I mean, come on. Yes, I can see that because oh, Turcio cool. sounds you. like the word Turco. You know? Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, all this talk about our ancestors leads me to wonder what we inherited from them besides just like obviously their names and what comes to mind is like, you know, patterns that have shown up in our family members that we inherited. And one that really resonates with me the most is my dad's character, which is pretty stoic in a way, Um, but he's also kind of silly at times. But he also has like a really explosive temper. <laughs> and I feel like I embody all those three things because mm-hmm. I do have like a temper where when I get upset, I have like this urge to keep wanting to argue and like I don't let things go. But I always like notice that I'm doing it. And, you know, it's one thing for me to notice it and like know where it came from, obviously, just from. I don't know how that gets passed down. I guess just like seeing it, you know, as you're growing up and then you just mimic the behavior. And so I wonder like what I could do to like make, make it so that I don't have to like basically not get rid of my temper. Cause I don't think you can get rid of your temper if you have one, maybe you can, I'm not sure, but like more, become more aware in the moment to the point where it doesn't like become such like an issue because I know a lot of people also deal with anger and Mm -hmm. 
And when I think about you, I don't really see somebody who has like a crazy explosive temper, although maybe you do, I don't know. But like, how would you deal with that if you were me? Yeah, okay. So this is something I was thinking whenever we decided to record this specific podcast and I'm saying, you know what, I really need to do some ancestral healing. Mm -hmm. And that is actually going to be a recording that I would like to offer. Uh, the way that I will work will be with uh, Reiki and energy healing. And it's going to be kind of like a journey meditation, right? But the whole intention, and this is something that I was like really talking to one of my Reiki teachers and saying like, this is what I have in mind and what can I do? And her name is Fate, and I love her name, Fate. <laughs> and she was telling me, well, the most important thing that you can do in the process is set your intention. And she said, you know, be really careful because there is a lot in the stubbornness that you keep talking about in your family line. That can be a good thing, she says. And when she said that, I said like, yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. If I wasn't stubborn enough, I wouldn't continue doing the same thing over and over because I want a specific result. So some of that mm -hmm. stubbornness created some good results. Some of that stubbornness had me married to a person for seven years that wasn't for my highest good. So it's really important for us to um, set the intention. And you can do that not necessarily as part of a healing circle, but you can do that by sending intentions, sending energy, sending a prayer to heal all the self-destructive patterns that you can identify in your family line. Because, you know, something that is self-destructive to you may not be self-destructing to your sister because she processes things differently. So I think it's important for us to, and this is something part of my journey, it's to um, work on those traits. And I wouldn't say, let's heal them all because there are so many. There are so many because when you talk of one person, Let's just say I'm going to heal my mother's family line. Okay, my mother's family line, but who am I going to start with? I'm going to start with her mom's side, all right? So really sending the healing up to that line, up and down, right? Because really, in your case, you have children. Up and down the family line. And, you know, it's, it's important that we do find the right words, to put out there when you're setting that intention that is only getting rid of everything that creates a self-destructive behavior or pattern into your life. Because the stubbornness that you do have or the anger that you do have, sometimes it makes you stop circles that you got into. You know, that anger sometimes pushes you to do better. So mm -hmm. it's really important to go back to that intention and really not just get rid of that trade altogether, but to any self-destructive patterns that come along with it. Oh, that's such an amazing explanation. I never would have looked at it that way, but that makes total sense. Mm. To yeah, believe me, I, I when I talked to her, I kind of like had that in mind, but I didn't have the words. It's like it was in there. So talking to somebody about it, it just helps you put into perspective, like, oh, okay, this is how, this is how I could, and this is, and you know, when we're talking about self-destructive patterns, I mean, there's so many, 
there are so many because number one, we are not perfect. Mm -hmm. So if I talk about, let's say, in my father's side, in my father's side, and I can focus on the um, his mother's side, his mom's side. Apparently, she is the granddaughter of um, when I ask about, okay, dad, you know about your grandmother, but about, what about your great grandmother? And he's telling me the story that when she was born, apparently she was giving up for adoption because her mom had a relationship with an Italian person, some Italian dude that came to town, got her pregnant. We don't know if she, she, oh, she, she got sick with, I don't even know what crazy fever of the time, right? It wasn't COVID. It was something else. She got sick. I think it was malaria or something. And because she got sick, she gave the kid to a family. Mm -hmm. She died, but she never knew her father. And I'm saying like, oh my God, you don't know what energies went into this child because I don't know if this dude was married. I don't know if this dude had her like out of like wedlock or if my great, great, great grandmother was raped. I really don't know in what circumstances that child was given life brought into this world to be removed from her family, never had a father in her presence, right? No dad. Mm -hmm. Mom died, and she went to a random family now. So I think there is a lot of healing that can be sent there so that I have a sense of belonging. Because, you know, that sometimes comes up for me, especially being out, away from mm -hmm. home the sense of belonging. It's like, okay, well, I can just concentrate on that one specific trait that I do have. And when I hear this story, it resonated very strongly with me oh because God. I was able to relate it and say, that explains a lot. Wow. That was really powerful. That just was... If you don't know like these kinds of stories, you might have these feelings that you think apparently come out of nowhere sometimes, but they probably do have a root in your ancestry. And yeah, wow, that's kind of shocking. That like brought up in me, like, you know, my constant thing is feeling like I'm alone. And then thinking of my mom, who was actually brought up alone, because her father died when she was seven years old. And then she her mom gave her away to you know an aunt so she was literally alone oh. and you know she was abused and stuff so she has had to deal with a lot of issues like that where she, you know a lot of depression and a lot of uh, just sadness and feeling like she's alone in the world but the only thing that saved her was her faith in god and she constantly talks about that all the time and I have like this huge faith that everything's going to be okay. I always like put my faith in like knowing that, you know, at the end of the day, like I'm protected, like that I'm loved. Mm -hmm. And, that you know, even I always hear my mom praying in the morning. <clears throat> I always like imagine how much her prayers have kept our family together and all that and have how many prayers of hers have saved my life. Like I always, my mind always just goes to that like sense of connection with like God and stuff, because that's what she's instilled into me. But that's the reason yeah. that my life didn't go like so terrible because she did instill those values into me. But I do still feel that pain of feeling alone. And wow. Like I never looked at it that way. I, I never put those things together. 
So it's like really crazy. It is, but I think there is a lot of a lot of healing that can come from like knowing knowing more about your family line. And, you know, I was going up into the family tree and I'm saying like, you know, they didn't seem so messed up. But the more I asked, the more crazy stories came up. And I said like, oh my God, this is kind of like cuckoo. <laughs> and I said, you know, I tell you another story. And they're more in like my father's side. It's a good thing that they don't really speak English so that they will never know that I'm talking all this stuff about the family right now because I think I'll get in a lot of trouble. But oh. um, my grandmother inherits land as well as her siblings. And for the longest time, she was suing her sister for some piece of land. My father says that he will go to court with grandma like weekly. Like that was their thing to do. They will go to court and they will go to court and they will go to court. And eventually she won. How she won. Let's not talk about it in this podcast. It's a whole different topic because, you know, uh, in Peru, there is, there's stories and I don't, I will never hear these from my father's side of the family. I will hear from other sources that people that talk to my mom and they will tell them this happened or this other thing happened. But apparently there were like witchcraft involved, which I'm not going to get into it. Not right now. <laughs> but anyhow, she got the land. And when my both of my grandparents were still alive, they decided to separate all of the properties and give it to the kids, my father and, her, and his siblings, so that they don't have to go through the hassle of fighting off when they passed away. So each one of them have a piece of land, a house, a car. They got everything they wanted. Everybody got what they were supposed to get when they were still alive, right? Mm -hmm. And that was the deal. And that's the way my grandfather wanted it because for all of those years that he was married to grandmother, he saw her, you know, going to court and fighting. Fighting your own family is fucking insane. Who does that? Anyhow, it turns out that one of the houses when grandfather said like okay this house belongs to aunt let's call it a and a well aunt a was like really laid back and said to her brother uncle b hey dude can you get the paperwork ready and i'll just sign well uncle b is really a big son of a b if you get my drill because he decided to put the house on his name we never knew about it until last year, my aunt A got a lawsuit from her brother, Uncle B, stating that they are not siblings because they don't carry the same last name. Long lawsuit about nothing because all he was trying to establish, it was really just to like create some sort of confusion to cover up the fact that the house was under his name now my grandparents are dead and the house is actually being uh, rented out to, um, well, my, my aunt rents out the house. She has like, it's kind of like a bed and breakfast kind of thing. She has like people living in the house, she rents rooms and people stay there and that's fine. The house is not under her name, it's under my uncle who apparently got a loan, you know, and he used the house as collateral. 
and they don't know anything about that until I guess somebody from the bank that happened to break the laws of confidentiality and share that information with, I think my father or something. So here we are again, many years later, repeating the same story. Siblings fighting over property. With you? It's like, well, well, not my father. My father has nothing to do with it, but my aunt, obviously, is not going to have a house because it's on my uncle's name, and he is refusing to sign the papers over to her, which all the brothers know it belongs to her. That's- so there is so many things that repeat, and it's probably the... Uh, the greed uh, gene that is turned on in certain people, yeah, and it was definitely turned on on my uh, on my uncle. But um, they show up, they show up, and I'm saying like, oh my god, grandmother did everything in her power to avoid this situation. But there is a karma there too, right? So you see all of that, the karma and all of the things that continue to play out, and now from heaven or wherever she is at, she's seeing this happening again with her children. Mm. So a lot of those things are just like so interesting to know and watch, at least for me anyway. I'm like watching from the corner and saying like, wow, grandma will be, well, not so much grandma because grandma is kind of like karma accumulated, but my grandfather will be so upset because he really didn't want his kids to go over any of these litigation and fighting and you know, deceit going on between siblings. We're talking brother and sister here. And to me, it's just sickening. Like, who in the world? And I also think, like, oh, my God, I don't know how my brothers are going to act. You know, I'm all laid back, but they're maybe all about the money. Or who knows that they are going to be like, okay, well, the properties that we do have, how are we going to split out? I mean, you don't think along those lines, but you don't know until the time comes, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's something we all have to kind of deal with because I have a similar story in my in my family with like people wanting land and the brothers and sisters all fighting about it and all that stuff. So, you know, my mom's already come up with a plan. And so her her uh, house, it like I guess she has a will and all of this information mm-hmm. is already in there. So I feel like they're more prepared because they've already seen how how this has played out within and then within their life time with like their family members, they've already seen how that happened. So they're more mm-hmm. prepared to deal with it for when it happens to us, like me, my sister, and my brother. So they have a plan already. So yeah, I don't know. <sighs> Family's complicated. <laughs> yeah. One last thing that I wanted to ask you is that uh, when I went over my my family line, especially on my mom's side, I'm more curious to my maternal lineage because there is a lot more passed down to me from that line. Mm-hmm. You know, your mitochondria from grandmother. I mean, those those seeds were planted a long time ago from who I am today. And the connection is just like so stronger for me with with the things that resonate for me on my maternal line. So I spend a lot of time like really asking more questions, even though I got fewer answers. But the one thing that was very interesting is that my great grandmother, she didn't even speak Spanish. And I didn't know that. What did she speak? Grandma, my grandma spoke Quechua. 
Quechua is the language of the Incas. Whoa. She never knew. She never knew Spanish. So I, I found like, oh my God, that is like so rich to me anyway. It's like, wow, she never even spoke Spanish. My grandmother spoke both Spanish and uh, Quechua. My grandma, uh, yes, grandma did that. But my mom will speak Spanish and like some few words in, or phrases, more like phrases that you will hear in Quechua. And, you know, watered down to me is like, like almost nothing in Quechua, just a few words that I know from like high school. But that's about it. But I just thought that that was very cool to know that, you know, we have a person in the family that was really, really connected to like almost like ancient knowledge to me because I think the yeah. language is a good portal to connect to other information. And when I hear that she was able to uh, only speak Quechua, it's almost like the connection to the earth was purer on that side because it's like so ancient. And say so like, oh my God, that is like wonderful. So I was just curious to know if there are other languages spoken in Honduras and if any of your family members like had that. Because, you know, in Peru, there's so many languages, especially when you go off the cities. That's a good question. I don't think we did speak any other languages. Not that I know mm -hmm. of anyway. I know my grandma speaks uh, spoke Spanish. But one thing about the maternal side, I guess, that... I feel like runs through me, my mom and my grandmother is like the spirit of like not giving up or of like strength or just extreme, like, I don't know, like pushing through because my grandmother had her own farm and she was basically up until the day she died, which was, I, I guess she died when she was 80, I think she was 89, 89, 88 or 89 uh, when she just died last year she was still running her farm up until the day that she died. And so my mom definitely is just like her mother. They're, you know, these like really powerful women who are just like super hard work, hard working. My mom gets up in the morning, like she get takes a little bit of time to get out of bed and all that, but then she gets straight to work every single day. She has like a routine that she does, like taking mm -hmm. care of the house, taking care of the, you know, the garden and making food and, uh, you know, taking, taking, uh, doing all the stuff that keeps this house going and all of that work. Mm -hmm. It's not very easy for one person to do all on their, yeah. by themselves, but she like does it. And I'm, I'm kind of like the same way. I didn't inherit like a lazy gene. I, you know, I have things that I have to do. And it's like, mm -hmm. I know that when I'm older, like, I'm just going to still have this like endurance because, I don't know. It's like part of my personality to have more of like a mindset of like, like, uh, how do you explain it? But is that things happen over time and that you have to like steadily work for things and that it takes a long time to build and build and build and build. And mm -hmm. so that, you know, slow and steady strength, I think is like the thing that runs through all of us. And that's, that's really that, even even that though sounds I, very Capricorn too. <laughs> yeah, even though that I didn't very Capricorn. Yeah. I, I didn't know her, but that's definitely something that I feel like I inherited from both of them. But yeah. That is so awesome. Yeah. I feel very proud um, to be my mom's daughter just because of how 
much she works hard to keep this family together. Yeah. My mom is definitely somebody that if she loves you, you are blessed. But if she doesn't, you're in trouble because she's a Scorpio. (laughs) She is a Scorpio, but I, um, you know, I learn a lot with her. I learn a lot about um, folk medicine with her. A lot about mm-hmm. herbs, a lot about taking care of your body, a lot of the things that, you know, you can do for yourself. I, I actually seeing her in practice, this was the most wonderful training that I didn't know I was getting. It was when my brother was born because we're 10 years apart. So I will see all the crazy things that she will do to my brother and saying like, oh my God, she did that to me. But it was just cool to see all the, the crazy things that she will all out of the hat to like taking care of like, you know, a colic baby or whenever he had like a fever or he was constipated, this happened and all of the thousand things that she's done. And it's like, wow, that was really cool to see, see her do. And, you know, when I was far away from home and I would call her and say like, Hey, this is going on with me. She will make sure to tell me what tea to drink, what to do, what to eat, and, you know, she was a person that always says, if you're getting sick, it's because your stomach is not clean. And never in my life, you know, thought that the woman was making sense until I learned this concept that most of your immune system resides in your gut. Mm-hmm. 80%, about 80% of your immune system is in your belly. And I said, oh, shit, my mom knew that. She's a genius. She knew that. <laughs> Over 30 years ago, because she, I would hear her say that, and I always thought she was crazy, and she did all of that. She was the kind of person, and this is probably the craziest thing that she's had me do, the craziest by far. She had me drink my own pee, and that was probably when I was like nine, nine, ten years old, that I had some sort of stomachal thing, and she couldn't figure out what the hell it was. So she said, you're going to get up early tomorrow morning. And the first thing you're going to do, you're going to pee in this cup and you're going to drink your own pee. And, you know, I never questioned my mother. I come from that um, tradition of you do as your parents say and whatever my mom said, I have to do. I always did up to now, whatever she says, I'll do. And um, I did. I drank my pee, I think, for like two or three days. And I always thought that, okay, that was a little bit too far out until I hear about traditional Chinese medicine and I hear the way it worked is that because when you're when your body's trying to fight some sort of infection and it doesn't have all the information that it needs to fight it what you do when you drink your own urine you're sending that information back into your body so that your body can provide the antibodies it needs so I said oh my god my mom knew that she was like so revolutionary for, for me anyway. And just to like know all of that and I have survived all the things that she's done and she fed me and she had me drink. I just find like really a lot of blessings because a lot of things that she has me do comes from grandma. And I said like, I was so lucky to like have all of that knowledge passed down to me, all of that information. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even even more blessings comes when... It's somebody that you love and they will do it with so much love and compassion and so much care. 
no, nothing better than your your mom taking care of you when you're sick and that is one of the things that i definitely got from uh, my family line from my mom's side the healing when i learned where my mother was born she was born in a town called saint raphael and saint raphael or raphael for people that know about angels Raphael is the angel of healing. So that, that really struck me. I was like, oh my God, grandma was born there. My, my, my grandmother and my mother were born there in St. Raphael. And when I learned the name of my grandfather, great-grandfather, his name is Herman. Herman is a Spanish for Germain. St. Germain, Ascended Master, Violet Flame. And that actually really resonated with me when we were sending Reiki to grandma and I was calling all the angels and all the ascending masters. And I said like, oh my God, mom, didn't you, weren't you born in like a town called St. Raphael? And she said like, yes, his grandfather's name, like Herman, that means Germain, right? And all of those pieces came together. So a lot of the healing that comes to me because I, I resonate a lot with, um, energy healing and working with plantar medicine, it really comes from my family line and discovering all of that, all those little pieces of me really, really made me or gave me more purpose and more confirmation that I'm in the right path, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's really amazing. You're really lucky to be able to have connected with your family. And I'm sure there's lots of other people out there who never looked at it this way, who also can now ask more questions um, and kind of look at life through a different perspective just by hearing this conversation. So that's really cool. I wanted to add that today's card was love and compassion. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very, very timely. And I said like, that's a beautiful card because, and he has this, the picture of two hands because it's like, you know, all of that connection and the love and the care that comes from mom, from your family, all the loving touch that comes in there. And yes, not all of it. It's pretty and good and sweet. Yeah. But there are also a lot of lessons, a lot of lessons for us to learn about our own families, about the way to heal ourselves. And yes, love and compassion, because you love your family. You love them. And all of the ugly stuff needs a lot of compassion because it's also part of us. You know, you think, oh, my mom is always like loud and crazy when when she's upset and all of a sudden you're upset and you're loud and crazy. And it's like, mm, okay, something is going on here. Mm -hmm. It's not only mom, right? <laughs> so really the compassion part really brings me into um, bringing this uh, episode into a close just remembering that a lot of the medicine that comes from the earth also comes from the earth because our ancestors were buried there. So that they're giving us the magic that comes from the earth. They're giving us, they're handing down whatever medicine that we do need from the earth because they're there. You know, we ultimately go back to the soil, go back to the earth. And I just want to thank everybody for listening to us and invite them to explore more about their family lineage, all that ancestral knowledge that comes from like stories that are passed down about your grandparents, about your parents, how they got into this country, how resilient they were, who they were, what they work, and so many aspects that I think this episode can go on into hours if we allow mm -hmm. it to be. <laughs> yeah, this was 
this was definitely a great conversation and brought up a lot of new ideas and new questions for me. So thank you very much. Well, thank you. All right. Awesome. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episode. We're going to talk about healing the inner child, right? Since we're talking about ancestral lineage and all the healing, there's also that inner child that needs our attention, in my case, a lot. So it's going to be a good exploration time to talk about the inner child and, you know, his, her needs, right? Yeah, so thank good. you for tuning in. Peace profound. Peace.